0: Hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with some music while we allow people to get settled in with a cup of coffee or whatever they need, and a Bible, of course. Uh, but we're going to play music from um, United Voices Choir with uh, Stephen Heard, Hallelujah, Salvation, and Glory. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate you being here. Hallelujah. Yeah. and glory. Anitra, good morning. Thank our you for joining us. Amen. Ronnie, good morning. to our audience here in church as well too thanks for being here he is wonderful dear Jesus. And the Lord our God. Lord. Brother Roscoe, good morning. <laughs> Amen. good morning thanks for joining us this morning Jackie good morning My lovely bride who is administrating. She is not at her terminal just yet. She will be here shortly. Mr. Gaines, good morning. Delia, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Dion, good morning. Thanks for being here. amen amen and that's a big that's a big choir too amen amen sister Pearl good morning Brother Walter good morning thank you for being here um, we appreciate you being here this morning that's again this was the uh, Hallelujah, Salvation and Glory, United Voices of Choir, um, we appreciate you being here with us this morning. Our music sets the tone for what we're going to be getting into, uh, for sure, right? And um, we um, note that it's a, it's a cold morning um, here in Akron, Ohio, but we have a faithful group here who got here early. They were ready for Sunday school half an hour ago, and I'll tell you, that's all right. But um, I think it's important for us to stay in the word. I think that's the most important takeaway that I have right now. We're going to be getting into it here with um, the last part of John. But before we do that, uh, we have some announcements to make. First of all, uh, Pastor Gus will be pr- bringing the message this morning uh, here at the church. If you are not in Akron, you're welcome to stay with us here at the, uh, on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline and look for our live church service to be broadcast at approximately 11 o'clock today and you'll be able to see his message uh, online and we are looking forward to that and later and also at the same service today we are having communion as well it's the first Sunday of the new year first Sunday of the month first Sunday of the new year and we'll be having communion here as well too. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We certainly appreciate you giving prayerful consideration to the uh, worship through giving and praying. And um, thanks for being here. And uh, Rometta, good morning too. Um, appreciate you being here as well. Um, we should be praying for our tithes and offerings as far as what we give and what we contribute. If you are mailing them to our church, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship 688. 688- Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio 44320. Hi Lisa, good morning. Thanks for being here. Um, Akron Elias Fellowship 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio 44320. It is great to be here today. We have a, a little bit to cover. It's the last section of John, but we're going to now just allow ourselves to be quieted before the Lord and allowing the Spirit to speak as we go forward. We're in the book of John, chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. It's the last section of John. And this is, interestingly, um, most of the dialogue here is between Jesus and Peter. And we, I want to say this was one of the more anticipated Sunday school classes because there were so many questions that came up after class last Week when We talked about this last section of John, which is essentially an epilogue uh, in the book of John, covering some points. We were covering the point where uh, Jesus had had met the disciples. They didn't know who he was at first, and and they were uh, on a fishing expedition. They didn't catch any fish, but Jesus is the one who gave them about 153 fish uh, in a net just by putting the net on the other side of the boat, and they uh, brought the fish to shore. And this was a way for Jesus to make the point that he indeed is Lord. He is He is in complete control of everything. And, and it was just interesting. They were able to eat together and he welcomed them for breakfast. And now we're going to get into a section here where right after they finished breakfast, basically, um, Jesus is going to have his interaction with Peter. We're going to talk about it because it does have some meaning behind it. Um, and we're going to be looking at a very, very humble Peter. He was referred to as Simon. He was not referred to as Peter in this passage because of his... We know him as Peter, but uh, Simon is what Jesus referred to him as because this name that he was given, as far as Peter is concerned, of him being the rock of the church and all that, he had to be restored to his position. Amen? He had to be restored. I think that's what we're going to see here when we look at this passage. And... We, um, we're going to go ahead and get started. just want to make sure I'm covering all my notes here. There's so much to cover. It's really kind of hard to go through it all without feeling like you're feeling like you're missing something. So I'll try to be very deliberate and not do that and try to make sure we're covering everything as clearly as we can. And as a reminder, we, we welcome you to ask, uh, for those of you here in the church, we welcome you to ask questions. Write down any questions you have about what we're going over. And you're welcome to ask those after we conclude with our Sunday school broadcast. But now let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we will get started. Lord, we are thankful that you have given us this time now to sit quietly and hear you speak to us with the presence of the Spirit, the Spirit who teaches us, the Spirit who gives us guidance, the Spirit who imparts wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for being here with us today. We pray, Lord, that indeed we learn something from these passages in reference to how we are to live and how we are to continually continually seek you and approach you. And we do so, Lord, with humble hearts because we know that without you, we wouldn't have anything meaningful. We thank you, Lord, for... Salvation and eternal life. We thank you, Lord, for how you forgive us for the moment we come to you when we ask for repentance of our sin. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence. Bless us, Lord, and keep us now. We ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 21, the last section of John, verses 15 through 25. We're going to cover a couple of points here in this particular section that John wants us to be aware of uh, as as far as the communication is concerned. And the first part of it, of course, in this section when we read it is going to be about how Peter uh, has this communication with Jesus and how he is essentially being commissioned to go out and now do the work. And then the last section of it is going to be about when Peter is asking about John himself. What about John? What about that? And there's application here for both of us on this. uh, For all of us on this, excuse me. So both of us. All of us. But let's start reading in the New Living Translation, John chapter 21, verse 15. And we'll take it all the way through to the end. Verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Verse 16, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here. And we know that his account of these things is accurate. Jesus also did many other things if they were all written down. I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. That's John chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. That takes us through the conclusion of John. And we love the uh, communication here that John gives us about what happened in his account of the life of Jesus on earth and the meaningful passages that he presents about the love of Jesus Christ and he shows that he emphasizes how often how often does he emphasize here how much that um, Jesus loves us loves his people and this is what we're going to look at and see here even in his communication with Peter Peter is a very humble person we need to kind of set the stage for this restoration process that's taking place here Remember, this was immediately after Jesus had breakfast with the six other disciples who were there with him. And essentially, this is where Jesus is interacting with Simon Peter. Let's go back to the top, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, third time, pardon me. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Now, we have to recognize what's happening here we have a very humble Peter. Remember remember Peter's reputation. What was Peter's reputation for much of his time with Jesus? He was the one that was the most outspoken. He was the one that said a great deal ahead of time about how he was going to jump out and do this or do that. And he, It was revealed to him about who Jesus truly was, Christ the Son of the living God. and And, of course, the Spirit gave him that, but now we're at a position where we recognize that when Peter, right as the point when Jesus was arrested and was in the courtyard and he was speaking to other people saying, you were with him, you were with this man, weren't you? Nope, I wasn't. Nope, I wasn't. And nope, I wasn't. Three times he denied Jesus as Jesus told him he would and Jesus reminded him of that when the rooster crowed. We are talking about a very, very broken man because of the denial of Jesus. And at that point, even though Jesus had elevated him to a place where he was going to be a major, major apostle on his behalf, he wasn't ready to do that now until this communication took place between he and Jesus about being restored to a place where he could do this work. And there's a cloud over Peter. The cloud was that he denied Jesus three times. And Peter is a lot like who we are, if we're being honest about it. We probably have a lot of passion for the Lord and we have said many things, maybe even to ourselves about how we're going to serve him or how we're going to do certain things. But we'll also have those moments when we, maybe out of fear, or out of concern, we kind of cower and hide out a little bit. And we don't really acknowledge who Jesus is. And that's pretty much what Peter did. Peter was, was scared. He was afraid. He did not want to be counted one of those who was with Jesus, even though Jesus was the one who was essentially going to the cross. And of course, all the disciples scattered at that point. But Jesus, or pardon me, but Peter found himself in that courtyard outside of the place where Jesus was being interrogated. And in his moment of weakness, denied Christ. He was devastated. He was humbled beyond belief. So we're not talking about the bragging Peter or the per Peter who was speaking very highly. We're talking about a Peter who was definitely, he definitely did love the Lord, but he also didn't initiate the communication with Jesus. Jesus initiated it with him. You'll notice that. Probably because he didn't know what to say. Can we acknowledge that Jesus loved Peter? Absolutely, because he reached out and said what he said to Peter to try to restore him. Of course he did. He loved Peter. Back to verse 15. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? More than these referring to who? The other disciples, the, the fishing His profession was being a fisherman. That's the job that he had. That's what he was involved in. And it's kind of speculative as far as what that was referring to, but essentially he's referring to, do you love me more than these things that are around me? The disciples, the people, the fishing, that type of thing. And Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs. Who are the lambs? Lambs are essentially the young believers, the young believers, the new believers, the people who are new in Christ. And what Peter was being given was a responsibility to provide instruction to the young believers. Because you'll notice that there's going to be a comparison between lambs and sheep. And you'll see that as we go on. But lambs are what? Young Sheep. They're youthful sheep. So in this conversation, you're going to see how Peter is going to be given charge to be responsible to do three different things. Feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And the love that Jesus is expressing here, especially in this instance and the next verse, verse 16, this is this agape love that references the highest possible level of love that you can have. It's more of a godly love. It's more of a love that is referencing who he is. And he's using this love to speak to Peter. But Peter is very lowly. Peter was repenting in the process. But, and you can say that you love Jesus, and we have to look at this very carefully now, because this applies to all of us too. You can say that you love Jesus, but... The test comes to how you serve him. If you love Jesus, you're going to do what? Be obedient to what? The words that he commands. If you're being obedient to the words he commands, guess what he's commanding us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's how we show our love for Jesus. And Peter needs to be instructed as to how you're going to show your love for me. You're going to go into the world and preach the gospel. You're going to be the first, you're going to make sure that you're taking care of the young believers. Let's go to verse 16. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Now, who are the sheep? The sheep are the more seasoned believers, the older believers. Take care of them. How are we taking care of them? How are we nurturing them? We're encouraging them. We're spending time with them. We're hanging out with them. We're fellowshipping with them. I mean, that's what we do in a church, isn't it? We hang out in a church. We go to a church. We don't hang out. You know what I mean. But we go to a church and we spend time with other believers and encourage them. And Peter is going to have that responsibility too. He's going to go from place to place to place where all the other believers are and nurture them and encourage them. Jesus is giving Peter this command as well too. Again, the agape love statement that he's making. Now, look at verse 17. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, by all accounts, when we read scripture, this is not an agape love statement. It's a filial love statement. He literally is getting down brother to brother right next to Peter to really help to restore that relationship because there's a friendship there that was damaged. There's a friendship there. That's the filial love uh, aspect of it. And Peter kind of knows this by the way it's being directed because Peter was hurt that he was asked the question a third time. Not hurt because of the question itself, but hurt because he recognized that Jesus had to get down to a brother-to-brother type of communication with him. Because Peter was very lowly. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. All right, before he was caring for the sheep. Now it's feeding the sheep. So he's still there to teach. We seasoned believers still need to be taught. I'm going through the process of learning for the for the purpose of ordination. Prayerfully in 2025. <laughs> but I gotta spend a lot of time in class. I've got a lot of studying to do. It it continues. For those of us who have been around for a little while, guess what? The studying continues. Got another class I signed up for that's supposed to start tomorrow. But we all are in that same position. The most important thing that we as believers need to do is stay in the word because the holy spirit is teaching you all the time. And I don't care if you read through the bible 5 times, he's going to teach you on that fifth time that you go through it. Something that you didn't know before. Something that you're ready to process right now. That you weren't ready to process or understand completely the first 4 times you went through it. And that's the beauty of our relationship with the spirit. It's always we always seek the lord in And have him wash us anew and afresh. It's not stale. It's not stagnant. It's always progressing. It's always growing. And Peter is experiencing this right now. The three times that he went, when Jesus asked him the question, we pretty much know from what we're understanding it's because he denied Jesus three times. So there had to be three times where Jesus had to overcome that and restore him. And remember, we're talking about Peter who was given the revelation. Well, let's turn to John chapter 6. Just as a reminder, John chapter 6. all the way down to let's go to verse 60 let's go to verse 65 start there and read down he said this is why i told you that no one can come to the, to me unless it is granted to him by the father and verse 66 from that moment many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him This was a moment of separation with a lot of people who were following Jesus. Jesus was giving some hard truths. Verse 67, So Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Verse 68, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And we need to see that this is Peter speaking. Peter is speaking about who Jesus truly is, the Holy One of God, the Son of God. And remember, the other disciples were slower to catch on with this, but Peter had this information. And so, we know that in the English language we use the word love, and the word love can be kind of bastardize a little bit, for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, love implies, you know, the way some people in the world take love, it, love implies uh, eros, sex. And you know, we have the filial love, love, brotherly love, city of Philadelphia. That's where that name comes from. City of brotherly love, loving like a brother. And of course, agape love, agapeo, the highest and noblest word for love. A word of dignity, a divine word, a word used to speak of the love of God. So there was greater interpretation as to what Jesus was doing in his interaction with Peter. But remember how he called him Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, Simon, Simon. That Peter name had to also be restored. Peter is the rock. Rock man. Cephas is the Aramaic word for rock man. In Greek it is Petros. Petros, Peter. That name clung to him. That name was the name that was going to be used. Was to be used by, you well, know, they call him Simon Peter. He was a man that was going to stand for something. Standing on the foundation the foundation of the church, Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to see here, that Jesus was restoring Peter to that position. Now let's go to verse 18 because we want to make sure we're covering all of this. So after Jesus had told Simon Peter, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Verse 18, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And verse 19, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. That's when Peter was essentially commissioned after being restored. Follow Jesus. Follow Him. Don't let anything take the focus off of what you're doing. Follow Jesus. And he was telling Peter that he was going to be crucified. And we don't have the account of when Peter was crucified. We know that he was crucified. Um, And supposedly he was crucified upside down. He didn't feel worthy of dying as the Lord did. So he did not allow himself to be crucified right side up. But just Jesus told him, doesn't matter, follow me anyway. Because you've got to understand something about this restoration that took place. Peter was ashamed of, he was guilt-ridden. He was far from ready to go forth on behalf of Jesus until this encounter took place between Jesus and Peter. And that's the key here that we need to look at. Jesus said follow Him anyway. We need to understand something. We, I'm just going to make this as a statement. It's not going to be... Uh, but some of us have to understand that because we take a stand for Christ, we are putting ourselves in the position of facing ridicule or persecution. And especially as we get closer to the end times, when this world is essentially hostile to believers, that doesn't mean we're all going to face that. But it does mean perhaps our children might perhaps our grandchildren. But if you are all in for Jesus, guess what? You don't care about what happens to you. If you're all in for Jesus, you don't care. You should be like Peter. Will you be fearful at times? Of course you will be. But at the end of the day, it's much more important for you to give your life for Jesus Christ than for just about anything else you could do and i say this because we need to recognize that jesus is telling us to follow him yes there will be troubles in the world that's why jesus reminds us this better off we better off just dealing with today don't worry about tomorrow Tomorrow is not anything you can do anything about, but today is sufficient, amen? Today today is sufficient, amen, for you to be concerned about what's going on. You're dealing with life today. Stuff happens today. I've been making a joke a little bit uh, behind the scenes here, but we're talking about the old words from Saturday Night Live, Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana, is always something. There's always something to be concerned about. If it's not one thing, it's another. And that's life. That's life. And we kind of make joke, a joke of it because we make light of it because recognizing this, there's very little that's light about what goes on in our lives sometimes. It's very, it can be very heavy. It can be very burdensome. But there's always something and Jesus gives us what we need to be able to deal with those somethings. He strengthens us. This is the very, word, the very words that he's giving to Peter here. Take care of my sheep. Take care of each other. That's what we need to be doing. That's why we need to be encouraging each other. And yeah, there are going to be times where you're going to wind up doing things that you don't want to do. There are going to be places you don't want to go. There are things that you have to go through as an agent of change for Jesus Christ. But He'll always be with you wherever you go. doesn't matter where you're going. There are going to be times where... I'm doing this old TV stuff now. I think it was Stymie that said it from the Little Rascals. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way. And that's how we are sometimes. Sometimes we don't know where we're going, but we're on our way because we're going. We're going on behalf of finding finding peace in our relationship with Jesus and moving with Him and staying with Him no matter where we are or what we're doing. Back to verse 19 again. Jesus said this to him to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Now, here's this human side of Peter coming out. Because Peter knows, remember these disciples hung together for a long time and Peter was now turning his back and referring to John who was trailing behind them as they were moving. John the writer of this text. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? He's identifying himself as that person who was the one who was talking. He was sitting next to Jesus. He was right there with him. He's always been close to Jesus. Let's just put it the way it is. John and Jesus had a very special, close, filio relationship. Very close. And when he says the disciple whom Jesus loved, well, he, Jesus loved all of them, but we're talking about a special relationship. So Peter is asking the question, well, what about John? Well, he put it this way: Peter turned around, and saw that behind them, the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, "Lord, who will betray you?" Peter asked Jesus, verse twenty-one, "What about him, Lord? What about him?" And Jesus come back and says, "Well, what about him?" <laughs> What about him? Now, I say this only because in our human state of mind, sometimes we're more concerned about what's going on with other folks than we need to be. What's going on with other people? And I guess it's a natural way of thinking. And Peter's just asking the question, well, what about John? If this, is he going to do what I'm going to do? You know, you just remember Peter just got done getting told what he's going to go to. The, he's going to be crucified. He's basically being told that this is what happens. But you follow me anyway. What about him, Lord? Verse 21, verse 22, Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. And basically, Jesus says, don't worry about what John's doing. You don't need to be concerned about what's going to happen to John. I mean, John's going to have a hard time now. John's not going to have a piece of cake. By all accounts, John is the only disciple that we know of who died peacefully. He didn't die on the island of Patmos. He eventually went back. I believe it was Ephesus where he wound up and died towards the end of the first century. But it wasn't under any persecution. He just was the last one left, and he lived the longest, and he eventually would die there. And so now what John is doing here in this last account is making sure that it's clear that, oh, let's face it, we human beings have a tendency to spread rumors Gossip. Talk about stuff. And sometimes talk about stuff we really don't know anything about. Amen? Amen. Yeah, the amens were quiet, but we get it. We don't want to acknowledge when we say things we shouldn't say. But Jesus knows who we are. And it's interesting that John gives the account, verse 23. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? At the end of the day, John died just like everybody else. And I was right, it was Ephesus. He died as an old man in Ephesus. He left the island of Patmos and went to Ephesus and died there. But he was the only disciple that we know of who was not martyred. And we need to understand that John made a major contribution when he was speaking about the love of Christ to others. He just kept talking about how much God loves us. God loves us. God loves us. He kept speaking about it over and over again, well into his old age. Another rumor that was out there was that John his memory was starting to go, but he kept coming back to the same message about loving God. Didn't you just talk about that a few minutes ago? Yeah, I did, but God loves you anyway. (laughs) He just kept talking about it. And so, it's important for us to see that John, John is reflecting how much Jesus has a personal relationship with us If we ask questions of him, he's going to give you answers. He's going to help you to understand some things. Peter is showing us something very important here. He is showing us that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ that needs to be nurtured and developed. He is nurturing us on his part. We need to do our part to keep responding to him when he speaks to us. And understand something. Peter had a role for the kingdom and John had a role for the kingdom. Peter was the one who was essentially going to be dealing with the ones who were the tried and the suffering. He was going to be the one who was going to go out and reach to the out to the Gentiles as well as the Jews too, eventually. John was the one who would eventually declare what? The apocalyptic vision of the living church. That's Revelation. He had a very unique role to reveal something very, very special and important that we all can pick up and read today. And you know, when we read Revelation, sometimes we get intimidated by it. Why? Why are we intimidated by it? something that doesn't look comfortable, should we be intimidated by that? Is that really going to impact us as people? Not really. We're not going to be there for that. We'll be there as witnesses. We'll see it because of our relationship. But he's telling us essentially how God has everything under his complete control. Everything. Down to the last detail, including what happens to the living church, this body of Christ that we're involved in right now. He has complete control. Let's go to verse twenty four. John twenty one, verse twenty four. This disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here. And we know that his account of these things is accurate. Now, we know that it's accurate because we go back to where does this inspiration come from, the Holy Spirit. John is recording what the Spirit tells him to write down here. And we need to understand, too, that every time Gus preaches or every time um, we put together lessons, I thank the Lord for inspiration. The inspiration that comes from the Holy Spirit. Because He's the one that provides the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the ability to speak. And that's why John can come back and say, this stuff is accurate. He's repeating the very words of the Spirit. He's making a testimony of the accuracy of the message. We went through those classes uh, earlier about the authentication of Scripture the inerrancy of Scripture. And you better believe that God had everything to do with what books would be the final books for us to pay attention to. Because there were other books out there, everybody. You know, historical accounts, we know that. But the ones that are most important for us as believers are the 66 books we have right now. And it's fascinating to read in 1 Chronicles the lineage the lineages that God has recorded and put down for us to see how this thing about Jesus Christ the lineage to Jesus Christ fascinating to read that as you become well I'm going to just tell you a little secret as you become more of a believer and you get more into the word and keep reading scripture you won't think that 1 Chronicles is boring you will be much more likely to see how fascinating it is to read that stuff. How it's laid out. Where's the lineage? The ones who are rejected by God and the one that is maintained by God. And you'll see the names that are very familiar in other parts of Scripture. You'll see the name Boaz in there. There's all kinds of things that you'll see if you just read in First Chronicles. I don't want to spoil it for you. I'll let you read it yourself. I'm not going to go through the whole account. But the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles is about the lineage uh, and refers to the lineage of Christ. It's accurate. And we're seeing the accuracy of how God is showing us this thing about Jesus coming was not an accident. It was intentional. We should know that. Verse 25, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Now, I want to go back to one other passage we just read last week. Go back to John 20, verse 31. John 20. How do, you get, how do I get creases in my pages? I don't understand that. John 20. Verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. The whole purpose of the book of John is to declare the purpose of the Gospel. And when John puts this epilogue together, Jesus did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Can you imagine that? The whole world. And I and I think he literally means... The books written back then, because there were a bunch of books written back then and the books today. It's interesting, when evidence is presented in a courtroom, guess what? You've got to make a choice about the evidence. Is the evidence valid or is it invalid? Very quickly, I was showing my, my lovely bride a court case court case down in uh, Atlanta. A judge person was trying to get off of probation. Third appearance before the judge. Had a problem with drugs and alcohol. Wouldn't go through the rehab program. And made all kinds of excuses of not doing the rehab program. The judge says you know what this is your third time in front of me. The evidence is that you did not complete the program as you were instructed to do. And the judge made it a point to say you know what? I put stuff out there in layman's terms. I write things down for you. I put stuff right in front of you for you to follow the instructions. And yeah, she caught a break, this this person who was before the judge, because she wound up doing five days in jail. But she pointed out other judges in this position, if you go before a court, you know, they'll say... Sixty days. She says, I'm the nicest judge. Sixty days. if If you're given information that is incontrovertible, this is what you need to do. Here's the information. Here's the evidence. You didn't fulfill your part. You go to jail. And they don't want to hear about your problems. They don't want to hear about your excuses. It's up to you to make sure you understand what's going on. And those who read the Gospel of John have to make a choice. Is Jesus the Son of God or not? You're the jury. You decide. Here's the evidence. This is what you need to come to grips with. We've covered the entire book of John we have the information before us are we compelled as people to take this truth and go out and speak to others about who Jesus is are we ready to point them to the book of John because that's a great book to point people to John is a great book to point people to this is the evidence this is the truth now we as believers need to be commissioned like Peter Go out, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep, follow me. That's what Jesus says, follow me. That's the lesson for us today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your teaching here. Thank you for giving us what we need to understand how we truly are called by you to serve and present your message of truth to others. Lord, we thank you for saving us. But we also thank you, Lord, that the message that you give to us is not a burdensome message. It's a message that we can easily share with others. Lord, may we be compelled by the Spirit when it's time to speak about your truth, that we speak boldly, with humility, but boldly nonetheless. And we thank you for how you indeed have rescued us. How you have kept us and protected us. Lord, bless us at this time. Bless us as we carry forth this message. The message of truth. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We appreciate you being here for this edition of live stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we will be starting in the book of Acts. We will be going through Acts, so we're following right along. And we appreciate you being here. God bless you and take care of yourselves. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you next time.